0: SportsHolic Podcast. As always, I'm Max and On the other side of the line is Sean. Sean, we're going to make this again another quick uh, edition of the SportsHolic Podcast. Again, not a lot of news is ticking around the league due to the coronavirus. However, it's more about next week's show that we're going to be uh, prepping for the NFL Draft. We'll get to our max selections next week. But for now, we got a couple couple things to discuss about. But before then, Sean, how, how's your week been? How are you doing?
1: Not too bad, you know, I've, uh, I've been enjoying this quarantine. As, as awful as that sounds, I, I feel like I've been really just enjoying my time away from work. Yes. Getting to spend time with Lindsay and everything. Getting to check out new hiking trails. Some of them are closing down because of the, you know, high populations and everything. But it's getting us to branch out, check out new places. And along with checking out new places on the trail, we're checking out sometimes new food places. We've been cooking a lot inside throughout this place, but yesterday we decided to treat ourselves... And uh, tried this new pizza place in Marion. It's not really new, but new to us. It, it I think it opened like November or December or something, but it was absolutely fantastic. Nice. I, we ordered the Chicago style deep dish, and to preface this, most of the deep dishes I've tried in Southern Illinois have been absolute major letdowns. Oh, absolutely. And this one did not disappoint. I mean, it was. I'm I'm not even joking the best deep dish I've had outside of Chicago land.
0: Holy smokes. All right. Well, definitely the next time I come down to lovely Carbondale, I will, uh, I would definitely be interested in trying to at least make the comparison. You've inspired me tonight, Sean. I was thinking about getting a pizza, but now with, uh, with this, uh, pizza store you're just, you know, making my mouth water a little bit more. I definitely am going to pick up a pie tonight. And I think I will do deep dish. I haven't had a deep dish in oh, a good two or three months. So it's about, it's about, nice. yeah, it's about, it's about time I get, I get back on the deep dish game. Uh, speaking of, again, what we're going to talk about next week, Sean, that's the NFL Draft. It's going to be in a virtual format, though, this year. Yeah.
1: Yeah, instead of having that big Vegas spectacle they had planned where the uh, the selectees would be brought to the stage via boat at the Bellagio. I know. And uh, now, it's, it's obviously, we can't be doing that with social distancing having to be put into place. So they're going to do a virtual draft where team personnel will conduct their draft business, I should say, from the comfort of their homes. Uh, some owner's not a big fan of this. Other owner's big fans of this. I know Sean Payton and in the, in the New Orleans Saints had planned to use one of the breweries in, uh, in New Orleans oh, that cool. was owned by the, the owner, but they can't even do that anymore. Uh-huh. Now, uh, via rules, they have to do it, conduct it from the safety of their homes, not being in groups and everything. It'll be interesting. Uh, It's definitely not going to be as big as a spectacle or um, as fun to watch. I might not even pull it up on ESPN. I might just, you know, I might just follow it on my phone because I don't care to watch, you know, Robert Kraft selecting someone in their PJs. (laughs) No, I think it's... But anyway, I, I I, I think it's the best move to, you know, have the draft still go on. I know... It's unfortunate players lose out on their opportunity and their, you know, their moment in the sun holding up that jersey on stage next to the commissioner.
0: But it's got to be how it is. You know what I mean? Alright, do you want to get sick on your on your draft day? You know, you get selected to the stage and two days later you're in the hospital for coronavirus. No, you got to play it safe here. It's the right move by the league. And Actually, it's really cool too, Sean. I don't know if you saw this, but uh, the virtual format actually is going to serve as a base for six charities. And all six of those charities... I did see that. Yeah, it's going to go for COVID-19... Relief. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a really cool element to this draft. Like you said, you're not getting the big allure coming on the boat, like, you know, seeing Joe Burrow or Chase Young. Like, yeah, that'd been cool. We can do it next year. I'm sorry for those guys, but the coronavirus is now it's affecting everyone. And again, it's, it, you know, it's too bad one way or the other. Uh, other news in the league, Sean. Uh, Houston. Remember last or two weeks ago, they traded away their big uh, guy, oh. and uh, Mr. <laughs> uh, deandre hopkins. hopkins right mr hopkins but uh they brought in brandon cooks from okay. the rams okay. yeah he's a pretty good obviously wide receiver he's the 20th overall pick in the 2014 draft with 5,730 total yards and 34 receiving touchdowns over that span uh they are also going to get a 2022 fourth round pick in the rams and in- for giving that up in exchange, you're going to get a 2020 this year uh, pick in the second round, of the 57th selection overall. If you're Houston, obviously you need to add the wide receiver here. I don't think that's too much of a, uh, a price to pay. I mean, you're going to get a fourth round pick. Uh, Rams, obviously, they're strapped for cap space and they can't, you know, they can't keep everyone. Exactly. You know, and it, it, it's good because
1: Deshaun Watson needed at least some weapon to throw to. Brandon Cooks, he had some pretty good numbers in the last two seasons with the Rams. 122 receptions, just under 1,800 yards receiving, and seven touchdowns the last two seasons, like I mentioned. Uh, Along with getting those picks, the Rams will incur $21.8 million in dead money from this deal. So that's pretty much all the news we have in the NFL. Let's flip the script. Actually, uh, before we go into the college sports, the XFL uh you know they had planned to have another season next year i'm not sure if it has to be related to covid-19 or not but the xfl has officially laid off all staff and will not and has no plans to continue on for a season next year at this point so it looks like the XFL might be the next AAF, one and
0: done. Yeah, that's exactly what it sounds like. Yeah, probably from this COVID-19 stuff, obviously, it had an effect on the fan base and the way they were going to play. You know, it's their one year, into, not even a full year into, the, you know, into their full league. You know, exactly. It's just not sustaining. There's not enough money. There's not enough revenue to be. There's no more broadcast for it. So I, I, I had a feeling. I had a feeling it was going to go down the toilet relatively soon for the XFL. Yep. Well, anyways, last week
1: we reported that the NCAA will was allowing uh, schools to elect whether or not their senior spring athletes would be eligible for an additional year due to losing out on their final season from the coronavirus pandemic. However, like I said, it wasn't all senior spring athletes are eligible. They left it up to the schools and. Right now, Wisconsin is electing to not give those senior spring athletes the extra year of eligibility. I think they, I saw like there were only like 35 athletes who would really want to come back and play another year, and it, it would cost close to a half a million dollars to give them scholarships. And the athletic director was saying, they—you know what are they going to do? They have a whole class coming in. They were expecting to have a class going out. I understand from a business standpoint, it's really unfortunate for those players who missed out on their final year of collegiate sports. A lot of them have internships and jobs lined up already, and a lot of them know they're not going pro. But it really does, you know, it sucks knowing that they didn't have the opportunity to play their last game.
0: Right, exactly. That's We talked about this before. It stinks for them, and this virus is affecting everyone. But I'm right with, and that's Barry Alvarez that you're talking about, the athletic director for Wisconsin, Uh, He's a smart guy, and he said, quote-unquote, it's an overreaction, is what he said about this to the NCAA. He said it's an overreaction, and he said this creates a lot of problems. You know, like, exactly, Sean, you got freshmen coming in. uh, The financial aid package is going to be at least a half a million dollars. That's a lot of things to think about. Like, yeah, I understand this group is getting screwed, no doubt about that. But, exactly, do you really want that to impact incoming classes for the next 2 or 3 years, the oversized rosters, the oversized classes, the extra aid, that, you know, I mean it's a it's a lot of horses. I you know, again, it's it stinks for those kids who don't get to play, but you know, again, this virus affects everyone.
1: Yep. It really does. So, now what's uh one little last bit of news I had to throw this in cuz I thought it was hilarious. So, during all this social distancing stuff, a lot of coaches and athletes and administrators that really have had to adjust how they conduct their business and that even includes Nick Saban who you know I think he's 73 years old this year wow and he's been head coach for several programs for I don't even know how long but he is just now because of social distancing getting into the texting and emailing game he is managing his own texting and managing his own email account he had a video conference with a ESPN reporter talking with him about his uh social distancing and he, he had this to say I've come a long way and it was M- Maria Taylor excuse me that's who uh who his interview was with and he had said it was a hard it was hard to communicate when you have to be by yourself and you always <laughs> depend on somebody else to get your emails and messages and all of that they were sending them all to Miss Terry who he referred to his wife as Miss Terry which is weird he said, they were sending them all to Miss Terry, and she fired me. He said, I'm not dealing with your stuff anymore, so I had to do it on my own. I thought that was hilarious. It's kind of funny that you see a coach of this prominence, and he's just now getting into the email and texting game. Oh, I'm not surprised. I saw Sarah Spain was going off on him, but who gives you know a shit what she has to say? She was saying that she wanted to punch him in the face for just getting an email now. Like, what? Come on. It's Nick Saban. You know he didn't have an email.
0: Great. Right, come on. He's old school. The only thing Nick Saban's thinking about is what who's playing safety and you know who's my left tackle for the next 3 years. That's the only thing that's on Nick Saban's mind. Is how is he going to get to his next champ? championship and how is he going to use his personnel because if you ask me of any college coach over pretty much any span he's the best coach and actually getting the personnel on the field correctly that guy gets it in every year who cares if he exactly he has an email or a texting thing Sean I, when, did I, when did I get a smartphone after I graduated college right exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah I, no kidding Anyways, uh, movies... You still don't even have social media. Yeah, most of the time I don't. I, you can find me on LinkedIn, but uh, I like to keep professional. I feel like the other stuff's for kids as far as I'm concerned, but... Um,
1: I think we'll have to uh, agree to disagree on that one. Let's flip the script a little bit more on to the NBA. Yes, The Gar Packs uh, coalition, we'll call it, has kind of just ran... The Bulls organization into the ground since, what, 2003 was 2000, it that
0: they were in? Yes, they've been in since 2003. And Paxton will still remain with the team as an advisor. But like you're about to say, Sean, the Bulls finally, finally, finally getting rid of this duo that has torched, torched Chicago for the last 17 years now. They are going with uh, the Nuggets gentleman, that's uh, general manager, that's Arturus. uh Karnasovas, uh, uh, and he is... Car- Carcinovus. Carcinovus. Carnasovas. Yeah, I'm Carnasovus. sorry. Carnasovus, I, I, I should have mentioned this on the get-go. I do have a little bit of a cold. I don't know if you can tell. Nothing. Uh-oh. No. Coronavirus! No, nothing like that. I'll be fine. So, I'm sorry. I was, <laughs> I was like, inhaling. It, it, it didn't work there. Anyways, yes, Carnasovas. <laughs> there we go. Arturis Karnasovus. Uh He will be the new... Uh, Vice President of, of Basketball uh, Operations, I'm excited for this. I hope you are, too. I think he's a really gifted guy, and I've, obviously he's got two big things. He's got to find a new general manager, because like you said, Gar Foreman's going to be out the door here pretty soon. And he's got to find a really good scouting team. That's, something mean, Sean, is where the Bulls have lacked for the last decade. Like, really? what? Like, you know, besides, like, Joe Noah, like, you know, and, you know, they really haven't had, you know, and obviously Derek Rose, we all know, was going to be the number one pick. Nick, that's not scouting. That's not scouting. We all knew he was going to be a superstar. I'm saying, like, actual talent, like, you know, we've winged it on a lot of picks. And, you know, the scouting department is where that start, and that's where uh, our tourist needs to, uh, you know, that's where where he needs to start looking first and foremost, besides, obviously, the general manager.
1: Also, I think they need to uh, focus on who they will retain in their stars. They got Laurie Markannon. And they also got uh, Zach Levine. I think they'll need to choose between one of those two to be their guy. Honestly, I don't know who they would pick there. Oh, Levine. I don't
0: think. Levine, without a, I, without a doubt. Markin in his hand it, a pretty I, rough hair.
1: Per- I, I would prefer Levine, but we'll have to see where they go with that, where the money's at and everything, because that's going to be the only person they really – one of those two are going to be the only ones they keep during this rebuild under Karnasovas. Before we move on to the NBA Hall of Fame, we were uh, talking about how the NFL is doing a virtual draft. Right now, NBA owners are vying to push back the NBA draft. I believe it's supposed to be June 25th this year. They are looking to push it back to an August date. Nothing set in stone yet, but they're looking to push it back due to the coronavirus. They don't want to go to the virtual format like this. They want to have the in-person draft to uh, to have their, you know, the event be something a spectacle to watch and everything. They might push it back to August. We'll see about that. Uh, but the big news in the NBA outside of us, just being bulls fans and getting rid of the Garpex, uh, duo there would be the 2020 hall of fame class, which has arguably got three of the biggest headlining names of the class since possibly the Michael Jordan induction class. Right.
0: Right. Well, we've
1: got Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett, and Tim Duncan along with six others being inducted into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame coming in August but we know those names will be headlining it yeah. Kevin Garnett everyone knows how great he was same with Tim Duncan leading the Spurs to all their championships true and dominating seasons over the uh years and obviously we know what Kobe Bryant did and everything that, the legacy he's left on the uh on the league and Everything that happened with him this year, it it wasn't no doubt that he was going to get
0: in. Well, no, obviously, no. I mean, obviously, you're not going to make Kobe Bryant wait five years. I think we made that point on the podcast before. Uh, A couple of those other uh, people, though, I just think we should mention that are getting in. Four-time coach of the year Eddie Sutton, he's going to be there. Uh, Two-time NBA champion coach. Uh, Rudy, uh, Tim, uh, Tim Janovich, he'll be there, and as well, ten-time WNBA All-Star Tamika Catching, she'll be uh, nominated as well as, as well as a couple other executives and coaches throughout the league. But I thought those three names were also really important. They also meant a lot to the game as well. Yep. Anyways,
1: there's not really much in the NHL, so we're gonna swip, uh, skip over that. Let's go right into the MLB. Still no news really on the Red Sox investigation that's really starting to bother me. I just I'm want to mad. know that. I need, some, I need some big juicy news to talk about. However, the MLB is pushing forward and might be, I would say, the, uh, the pioneers, if you will, in returning to play as they are right now looking at a return to play in May with a couple of ideas in place. One's the Arizona plan where all 30 teams play in Arizona. The other one would be possibly dissolving the American and National League for this season and go by the Grapefruit and Cactus League system and all teams play at their spring training facilities. Me personally big fan of this idea, no fans at the game, but having it at their spring training facilities in a in a you know isolated environment. Honestly, let's get back, let's get baseball back.
0: You know, I look at this because obviously last week they proposed that uh, the idea originally was just to go to Arizona at first. And when I heard them I'm like, I don't know if this is going to actually work. I actually think that's going to be a disadvantage because they're saying we'll start mid-May. We'll have all the teams in Arizona. I'm like, well, you're going to have to find a lot of different housing. You're going to have to find a lot of different housing, and like, and they have all thirty MLB teams, their TV crew, you know what I mean, all that type of stuff. I'm like, that seems not like social distancing, but honestly, I, I I'm all for this fifteen and fifteen, I think for one year. Again, it would only be for this season, and you know, again, we're going to get a prorated number of games. I don't think they'll play the full season at this point, but mm-hmm. they'll still likely to get a hundred, you know, thirty hundred thirty two games, Sean, which is obviously. Uh, tremendous, but I mean, honest. As a baseball traditionist, I go, "Wow!" To not have the National League or American League, honestly, I'm good with it for a year. I'm right with you. Let's get baseball going. And to be honest with you, I think it's going to be cool. I mean, you're going to have a lot of unique matchups here. Because so I don't, I think that just would play. You know, Cactus League. And Grapefruit League, I don't think you're going to see a lot of travel between the two leagues. So, I mean, the think about it for us. The White Sox and Cubs this year getting to play 16, you know, 15, 16 times. I think that's cool. Mets and Yankees. Mets and, you know, and it's not going to ruin the Red Sox and Yankees rivalry. You know what I mean? You get to see the Cardinals and Mets play maybe 10 different times. I think that's actually, I think that's pretty cool. You know, the Cubs are going to play the Dodgers, what, 12, 15 times? I mean... I don't know. I I actually think for a season, it'd be a nice little, just for, just again for this, a little bit of, a nice little shakeup.
1: I agree. I agree. I'm looking forward to it. I really hope that the Cactus and Grapefruit League idea does come to fruition. I would really like to get baseball back and get us talking about, you know, new sport, like new things in sports, not just talking about cancellation for cancellation for cancellation. Yeah, oh my God. want to get some games back into this. That would be fantastic. I, and personally a big fan of that idea. Other news in the MLB. There was an auction. I think it was called the Heritage Auction Auction in Dallas. Had Lou Garrett's bat. Yes. That was dating back to 1922. Almost a hundred-year-old bat there. Sold at an auction for one million and twenty-five thousand dollars. And that's just I thought I saw that. I figured we should throw that in. Not really much. Else to the substance, but can you imagine
0: paying over a million dollars
1: for a bat
0: for Luke Gehrig's bat, though? That's a special bat, you know what I mean? There's certain players that, and don't get me wrong, like you know, I mean, like if you got a Frank Thomas bat or Jim Tomey bat, or if I got a bat from Ryan Sandberg. You know what I mean? Like, or Ron Santo, Like, that'd be really cool and stuff. But getting a bat from, you know, like an Onus Wagner, a Ty Cobb, a Babe Ruth, a Lou Gehrig, that's a way more, you know, that's way more of a novelty item. And obviously because the way Gehrig's playing career was cut short with, you know, ALS, I, I think that's, I mean, obviously that's why the bat went for such a ridiculous amount of, uh, money but no you're right that's definitely worth uh, throwing that in there uh sean another thing we've talked about actually when we used to do this on widb.net josh hamilton he's uh a guy we used to talk about he's resurfaced mm-hmm. in the news and not for uh, good reasons if you remember josh hamilton 1999 was the number one overall pick by the tampa bay devil rays struggled with uh crack and alcohol abuse in the minor leagues took a long time hiatus before coming back to the Rangers in 2008. Nine years later, clean and sober, was the 2010 American League MVP. Went to two consecutive World Series with the Rangers. They even did fake bubbling champagne, if you remember, when they you know won the AL pennant to get to the World Series to help this guy with recovery. And uh, it's not a relapse we're reporting this time, but unfortunately he has been indicted on a felony charge of injury to a child after his teenage daughter accused him of beating her.
1: Yeah, this was dating back to, I believe, October of last year uh, when he turned himself into authorities. It's been an investigation since then. Looking at some of the quotes from this, it's kind of insane. She said that after he finished striking her, he told her, I hope you go in front of the effing judge and tell him what a terrible dad I am so I don't have to see you anymore and you don't have to come to my house again.
0: Jesus. that and see, like, that's really disappointing. Again, a guy who really hit rock bottom to come back again and be the MVP, go to two World Series, you know, help all those people struggling with addiction to, you know, just hear that type of, you know, stuff going on. That's awful. Um, you know, I'm, obviously we wish his daughter the best on this one, but, yeah, yikes. Uh, one last piece of baseball news, Sean. Then we'll get into Fight Corner before we close this uh, show up. Mark Reynolds, I'm sure these baseball players many are familiar with, he is wrapping it up after a 13-year Major League career. The guy had 298 career home runs, Sean, in 13 Major League season. yet he averaged just, uh, he had just a 6.8 career war, according to baseball reference. And he is the only player to strike out Uh, two hundred times, three times. Anyone else has, you know, two or less. He's the only guy to do it three times to strike out. Yeah, I know. In fact, he led the league in strikeouts from two thousand eight to two thousand eleven. And he set the mark in 2009 with 223. That's the most strikeouts uh, by any player, you know, of all time in a single season. So, interesting mm-hmm. interesting to see a guy, again, with 298 career home home runs. But just a 6.8 career WAR. well, that will explain it right there for you. Anyways, what do you got for Fight Corner?
1: Well, everyone was looking forward to UFC 249 due to it being the only sport that had not been canceled yet. Everyone was looking forward to Khabib versus Tony Ferguson. Then we found out due to all this shutdowns and everything, travel restrictions, that Khabib was out for UFC 249, and they were going to replace him with, I believe, it was set to be Justin Gaethje. I could be wrong on that one. I I didn't write that down. But they were planning on pushing forward. Dana White had said a lot of his international players were struggling to find a way to get there to do the travel restrictions and everything. So what did he do? He bought a private island Badass. to conduct UFC 249. And he was everything was going Badass. good. He had plans to have everything go on as scheduled. And then yesterday, the hammer dropped. Apparently, ESPN was urging Dana White to suspend all activities f- until further notice. And after all the pressure, Dana White decided to cancel 249. 240- ufc 249 as well as postpone all future ufc events wow so now we don't even have that to look forward to this month we have no sports to look forward to until at least mid-may when maybe baseball comes back so that's what we have for fight corner next week we've got a big show max and i we always enjoy doing this the last I don't even know how many times we've done draft shows. Four or five times now? And this is, I believe this and is
0: at least our fourth and maybe our fifth together. And you know me. I've been doing mock drafts since last, since last April. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I'm, I'm excited.
1: One year when we were in college, we had the radio show on WIDB. You and I were like 90% correct on our predictions for the for our mock draft. I don't think we'll ever get that close again. However, I'm looking forward to it. We're going to have a mock draft the entire show. Only thing we talk about is our first round selections. We'll do a preview on that next week. And then the following week, the day after the draft, next, uh, the, the following week, we will do an analysis of the first round draft. So we'll have two draft specials pretty yes. much, back to back, and everything we, th- we think about that. But that we have to look forward to in the coming weeks of the Sportsaholics podcast. Until then... I'm going to have a few beers, Max.
0: Yeah, you do that, Sean Conway. I hope you have a, your uh, you enjoy your afternoon brewskis. Um, like you said, exactly, it's a lot of fun. We're, we can't wait to mock that first round. I can't wait. To, you know, a lot of trades, a lot of stuff. Uh, I think this year, Sean, is going to be harder than any other year in the last two or three years. It's not as clear-cut. So it's going to be a fun challenge for us here on the Sportsaholic Podcast. But until then... Signing off for Sean Conway. I'm Max Zucker, and uh, we hope you check out the draft special next week right here on the Sports Hall podcast. now